what is Hebrews chapter 13, verses 20 to 21 all about? Let me give you up front the summary of this. This is the summary. If we recognize our need, if we recognize our need to be saved, we humble ourselves before God, and by faith, when we repent of our sins and we ask for forgiveness, when we surrender our life and decide personally to make Jesus the Lord, the Master, the Savior of our lives, then this is the irony of it. God, although we are rebellious, no, when we humble ourselves, He delights to forgive us. Just like the father no, who, 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 the, who, who, whose prodigal son went out and, 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 and uh, uh, wasted time, money, uh, treasures, uh, everything. And now realizing uh, that he needs his father. And as he comes back, the father delights and embraces him. And so is God delighting to forgive us and give us eternal life. Although we don't deserve it, but out of his mercy and out of his grace, he gives even the Holy Spirit yeah, the Holy Spirit doesn't only uh, uh, transform us, no? convict us whenever we sin, but the Holy Spirit is a seal. It's a seal. It's a guarantee. It's a security of our eternal life in heaven. So the Holy Spirit is the, 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 like the passbook. No? It's the seal. It's a guarantee that our eternal destiny in heaven is secured. Therefore, we need God to give us real peace. Now, the author of Hebrews chapter 13, as I share with you uh, my reflections on this, Hebrews chapter 13, uh, I've entitled this Real Peace, uh, will give to us three letter R words. Now, what is real peace? Uh, maybe you're asking, ano ba yung tunay na kapayapaan? What is real peace? Uh, the author, uh, many Bible scholars believe it is Paul, because of the style of writing, because of the, the, the situations, the, the, the time, and also the places, and also the people uh, he, he wrote about in Hebrews, they believe, Bible scholars believe that it was Paul, the Apostle Paul, who wrote uh, Hebrews. And in the last chapter of Hebrews 13, in the last uh, chapter, that's chapter 13, our passage today, uh, the first part, he would remind the readers, he would remind the believers of how we must live our lives according to Christ-likeness. Christ is our standard of living. And so it's important for us to live like Christ. And, and, and a life, uh, when we live out a life that is Christ-like, it is equal to pleasing God. Right? Because as Christ... Uh, uh, obeyed and, and did God's will. When we live out a Christ-like life, we are also uh, pleasing God as well. And so at the middle, he would say, uh, pray for me, brothers. Pray for, for me so that I will also be able to live to this standard so that I can also do this. So pray for me. And then to return the favor, he gives the benediction to them. He also encourages them. He also uh, prayed for them as he wrote this benediction, the final prayer in Hebrews chapter 13. And that's the context of 
our passage this morning. And so there are three R words that I'd like us to remember that is associated with real peace. The first R is resurrection. The second R is relationship. And the third R is reflection. Uh, the first R, resurrection. Real peace doesn't come from a place or an earthly or earthly riches or accomplishments. It comes from God. Real peace doesn't come from a place. What does this mean? Uh, what's the, the, the nicest, the best place you have ever been to? Uh, Sagada, no? mountains, no? a cool environment, uh, Boracay, maybe, uh, minus the ongoing pollutions. Uh, some of you may, may, may have gone to, the, to Karamoan lately or to some beaches no? In, around, around uh, Kamsur. So what's the nicest place you have been? Probably some of you went abroad already. Uh, Asia, America, Europe, and so it's, this, this place is wonderful, it's nice. No, but real peace doesn't come from a place because we could be in that wonderful place, local or abroad, yet our minds are in our problems. How can we how are we going to, to pay for our for our, our, our fees, our, our, our bills, no, our debts tomorrow? No, maybe you are in a in a movie watching a nice film. But you cannot sit still because you keep on thinking of uh, your sickness or someone who is sick or someone who is in need. And so even though that place is wonderful, it is peaceful, your mind is not there, your heart is not there, and so you are anxious, you are fearful, no? you are afraid. And so real peace doesn't come from a place. doesn't also come from earthly riches. So you may think na, ah, I have, I have accomplished these things. Oh, I have, I have uh, accumulated this, this wealth. Oh, and I'm okay and I'm good. But who knows? Oh, maybe I will lose this tomorrow. And so even though you have, you have this much, no, you have accomplished this much, you are still fearful, you are still anxious, and you cannot still experience biblical peace. Because real peace doesn't come from a place or earthly riches or accomplishments. Listen to this, friends. It comes from God. It comes from God. It doesn't come from our own efforts. It will, it will never come from, from our accomplishments. It will only come from God. Let's look at the verse. Let's look again at, at Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20. It says there, Now the God of peace... So God is called the God of peace. Why? Because we are all born sinners. Now the Bible says that we are all sinners. And as sinners, we are hostile to God. We are rebellious to God. And, and we are enemies of God. Now, that's our natural tendency to sin and, and to do things that is contrary, that is opposite to God's will. And so we are enemies of God. Now, it is our sins that made us enemies of God. It is our sins. In, in Romans chapter 8, verse 7 to 8, it is written there, Romans 8, chapter 7 to 8, because the mindset on the flesh, uh, Romans is also written by the Apostle Paul, by the way, because the mindset on the flesh is hostile toward God, 
For it does not subject itself to the law of God, for it is not even able to do so. So even if you subject yourself to the law of God, it is difficult. You'll not be able to do all the laws uh, of God. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So even if you're doing good, no, if you're, what, what you're doing is noble, no, what you're doing is, is good in the community, to other people, if you are not reconciled with God, you are an enemy of God, then it's a waste. God will not accept it. Well, uh, nothing will stop you. Uh, your, your, the goodness that you do might lead to good things, but in the eyes of God, it's nothing. It doesn't please Him. And so together with this sin, our eyes are blinded to this truth. Our, our eyes are, are covered with this veil. And so that's our problem. We will never experience a true peace because it comes from God. So the question for us this morning, is there a way we can have true peace with God? Is there a way that we can be reconciled with God? Is there a way that, that, that uh, we will not be enemies of God and we will be friends of God? Is there a way? Yes, as we go back. Now the God of peace what did God do? He initiated everything. It is not, it is not us who, who initiated this. It's not us who asked for this or who worked for this or requested for this or who, who prayed for this. It was God who initiated this. Because He's the God of peace. The first thing He did, He brought up from the dead the great shepherd of the sheep. He provided a way out. He provided a way. He provided His one and only Son. He gave His one and only Son to provide a way for us. And He did this by bringing Christ, the great shepherd of the sheep. He brought Him up from the dead. And that's the first R of real peace. The resurrection. It's the resurrection of Christ. If Christ did not resurrect, then we will not have peace. But if we believe that God, out of His power, resurrected Jesus, that is one of the passages that says that Jesus was resurrected by God Himself. But there are passages in the Bible that, that, that Jesus and also the Holy Spirit, they all play a role in His resurrection. But here in this passage, it tells us that God, because He's a God of peace, He reconciled His people, anyone, by bringing up, by resurrecting Jesus Christ. Who is Jesus Christ? He was called here the great shepherd of the sheep. The great shepherd of the sheep. Now, the, the, the readers of Hebrews, the listeners uh, of Hebrews will immediately identify and relate to this. They will immediately understand what, what Paul was writing to. Jesus himself, he said in John chapter 10, verse 11, I am the good shepherd. Why? Because they're exposed to sheep. In our context, we have the goats or perhaps the dogs or the cats. But in their context, it's the sheep. So Jesus himself said that I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The good shepherd, the great shepherd. Next slide. And so... Uh, Philip Keller, in his book entitled A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23, 
uh, wrote this. No? So you can read along with me. Domestic sheep are some of the most helpless animals in the world. It's interesting that we are compared to sheep. No? Helpless. They literally cannot survive without a shepherd. No? They would die. The sheep would die without a shepherd. They need him. They need the, the sheep needs the shepherd to guard them from predators. No? The sheep will not have horns to defend themselves. No, they don't have mga claws to fight. No, they don't have that special odor to, to, uh, no, to, to maybe to be able to, to, to uh, uh, push off no, yung mga predators, no? like the skunks. No? They need him, the shepherd, to guard them from predators. What else? To lead them to pasture. No? They are like... They're like blind. They don't know where the, 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 green, the, 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 the green grass are. They don't know where the, 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 the streams of water are. No, they're, they're, they're ignorant. And so the, they, they need the shepherd to provide quiet sources of pure water. Or else, if they hear something like a flow of water, they will jump immediately no, without, without knowing that this is a deep portion. And so they would die and many other necessities. In fact, they can even get stuck on their backs. So when they fall on their backs, they don't have the ability to, to uh, roll and, and to stand up again. And so with their legs flailing the air, they would die of fatigue. Or else a wolf would come, hearing them no, uh, sing or, or shout no, or cry, bah, bah, you know, no? so the, the wolves would, would attack them. <laughs> And if the shepherd does not come along and set them upright, they would die helpless. And so the Bible tells us that we are sheep in need of a great shepherd. Furthermore, uh, Philip Keller writes, the Bible calls us sheep to point out what should be obvious, but what often we deny. We are, we are good uh, in, in denying things. No? We are, we are, um, ano tayo? You can call ourselves denial queens or denial kings. We're good in denying. In fact, in, in the study of, of psychology and psychiatry, denial is the best defense mechanism. It's the first defense mechanism that no, the, those who are into alcohol, no, into drugs, and into smoking, no, those who are addicted to, to illicit substances, it's the first defense mechanism that they use. They deny. So if you ask them, they, they, they don't deny no, that they are users. Some of them are open. No? Ah, I'm, I'm a drinker. Ah, I'm an alcoholic. No? I'm a cigarette uh, user. I'm a drug user. No? But, uh, so some of them will not deny that they are users of this. But what they deny is this, that something would happen to them even if they use these substances, harmful substances, for a long period of time. Oh, nothing will happen to me even if I drink a lot. No, my liver will not get uh, toasted. No? It will not, it will not uh, be burned up. No? I will not develop ulcers. Oh, I will not develop high blood or hypertension even if I use uh, these, these substances, even if I smoke. No? I'm indestructible. That's their denial. That even though nakikita nila, they see in the pakete, no, in the mga, no, packs of the cigarette, no, yung mga, yung mga pictures of people with cancer, no, oral cancer, no, uh, neck cancer, no, uh, this will not happen to me. 
even if I use this, even if this is backed up by evidences that many people have died, many people got sick from using the substances in this particular substance, I am okay. That's their denial. Just as when we deny no, that we can survive on our own. But the reality is this, we cannot, we cannot survive, we will not survive without the good shepherd. Not? And God graciously gave us Jesus Christ as that shepherd. And so, now the God of peace who brought up from the dead the great shepherd of the sheep. So please, uh, always think of yourself as a sheep, always in need of a shepherd. Not only the elders, not only the pastors who are, uh, that's another term for a shepherd, but the great shepherd, Jesus himself, our great shepherd. It talks about the resurrection. So real peace doesn't come from a place or earthly riches, which we sometimes desperately and, and foolishly seek to give us that, that sense of, of peace. No, but, but real peace comes from God. Next, please. And so, how do we apply this? You must first acknowledge, you must first acknowledge that God is powerful. No, he was he's powerful to resurrect. You know, it, when, when, when the Apostle Paul wrote this, Bible scholars, theologians believe, believe this, this, this theology, that God, when He resurrected Jesus, it's a form of acceptance. It's a form of affirmation that God accepted Christ's sacrifice. He accepted His death so that we will be alive. And so that, that, that's that, that, the theological basis of, of uh, resurrection, that God accepted the ultimate sacrifice of the life of Christ as a payment for our sins. And so, let us acknowledge God's power, you know, God's provision of salvation you know, to give us eternal life. So how do we respond to this? We repent of our sins and we believe. We turn our back from this foolishness, from these foolish ideas that I am okay, that I am self-sufficient, that I don't need a Savior, that I don't need a Lord. We turn our back from this, we repent from this perspective, and we surrender to God. We surrender our life to God and, and believe in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Can we just pause for a while and let's just bow down our heads and then close our eyes. And if you're here this morning and you haven't repented of your sins and you haven't believed in Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, this is a good time to humble yourself before God and to, to just take out that pride in our hearts that 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 foolishness in our hearts that we don't need God to give us real peace. Would you come before the Lord and, and ask for forgiveness? And maybe you want to say, Lord, I am a sinner and I cannot save myself. I recognize that I am a sheep in need of the great shepherd. Forgive me of my sins. And today, Jesus, would you be my Lord? Would you be the master of my life? 
and would you be my Savior? Be my great shepherd and save me from eternal punishment. Thank you for the eternal life I now received through Jesus. And in Jesus' name, amen and amen. You know, the context of Hebrews chapter 13, this was written to believers already. Now this, this benediction, this encouragement, this prayer was written for those who have placed their faith in Christ. So if you have placed your faith in Christ, then real peace will also come from now your relationship with Jesus. Real peace comes from God, and this comes through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So that's the second word. The first word, resurrection. So if you believe that Jesus was brought up from the dead by God himself, then he has the power to also raise up from the dead and give us eternal life. The second would be relationship. Real peace comes from God through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Let's look at the verse. Now the God of peace who brought up from the dead, the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the eternal covenant. Let's talk about blood. The blood here. What's this blood all about? This blood, yes, we sang it a while ago, has the power to wash us from sins. The idea here is this. When we are born, we are born out of our parents, through the blood of our parents. But the moment we surrender our lives, the moment we, 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 we accept, the moment we repent of our sins, we are now well, technically, that's the, by faith. We are blood-related with Jesus or through Jesus with God. And so through the blood of Christ, we are not now enemies. We are now children of God, sons and daughters of God. And so it's like having a blood transfusion. No? Uh, Jesus' blood was transfused in our body in our blood so uh, the lord looks at us look at us not anymore as enemies but he sees the blood of jesus in us uh, just like in the in the in the, the, the Mo moses and the israelites uh, when the angel of death passed no uh, in their homes uh, the the blood of the lamb uh, painted on their doors uh, uh, the the angel of of the lord of death bypassed them and they did not die and then I suffer. And so that's the picture, that's the idea. The blood of what? Eternal covenant. Meaning this is for eternity. This is this, this forever. It's not just for the meantime, but it's forever. And it's a covenant, it's a promise. It's a promise that through the blood of the eternal covenant, through Jesus Christ, His death and His resurrection, we can receive Peace. Next, please. And so, you can also see here uh, the, the deity of Christ. No? Uh, Jesus, our Lord, He is God. He is Lord. He is Lord of all. No? And He is also human. A great shepherd. No? The idea of, of a great shepherd is someone who is physical, no? who is man as well. So, Jesus is both 100% God and 100% man. And so, He was able to die because if he's God, he will not die. He needed to be man to die for our sins. But he is also Lord and he is also God. And he was resurrected from the dead. Through his blood, we can have peace. No? 
And as you look further, no? next slide, we can see here the, 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 the idea of relationship. Next, please. Equip you, even Jesus our Lord, because we now have a personal relationship with Jesus. He will now equip us. That the word equip here uh, has something to do with torn nets. No? The, the nets that are torn is what? Uh, useless. It will not be able to catch fish. But if it is mended, no? it is restored, if it is whole, it will be effective. That's the idea of the equipping here. No? Uh, uh, equip you in every good thing. How? To Why? To do His will. And so that's relationship. The context of this is relationship. Uh, you equip someone because you have uh, a personal relationship with this person. It's like a discipleship, a mentoring relationship, a coaching relationship. No? And as you read further, verse 21, working in us that which is pleasing in His sight. So no, He's now working in us because we are now restored, because we are now reconciled like nets that were torn before, we are, we are, we are useless. Now the Lord is working in us. And so we can now be effective. And so we can now work as his servants. We now have a master-servant relationship. We now have a mentor-disciple relationship. We now have a great shepherd and sheep relationship. Now, you know, on April 8th and April 15th, may we invite you, if you're available, any of this Sunday, it could be April 8th or April 15th at 2 p.m., we will have an equipping. You know? We'll have an equipping time of, of workshop and, and, and learning of how to share the Word of God, how to share the gospel effectively in simple ways. So if you're available and you want to be equipped, Maybe you are fearful or you don't know how. Uh, allow us to help you. Allow us to equip you on how you can effectively and in simple ways share your faith. So come over uh, next Sunday, 2 p.m. There, there's a registration as you go out so that we'll have a head count because we'll be having snacks also. Uh, so we'll know how much or how many will we prepare. So please consider to be equipped on evangelism. No? Equip. And Jesus will equip us. Now, how do we apply this? Next, please. Application would be to nourish our relationship with Christ. Now that you have a personal relationship with Christ, now that you are reconciled with God, the next step is to nourish that relationship. I have, I have asked uh, of these questions many, many times. Mga ganitong question. Doc, what will I do now? What will, what's the next step that I will do? I have, I have repented of my sins. I have believed in Christ as Lord and Savior. What's the next step? What will I do now? Well, now because you have a relationship with Christ, we are to nourish that. I like to, to, to use the word nourish. Medyo medical yung term, no? Nourishment, something to do with developing. No? Something to do with growing. No? Something to do with feeding. Feeding. Not just like a newborn baby you know, who is dependent on milk, who is dependent on care, who is dependent on his parents or her parents for, for care, you know, for teaching, we are also dependent. So initially, you may, you may start reading the Bible. You, know, you can go start reading with John, you know, the, the book of John, the Gospel of John. Why John? Because uh, in every chapter of John, you may read something to believe. 
the word believe. You will read believe there. Believe, 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 believe hanggang matapos yung buong dyan. No? Or, or if you feel na uh, I still have, having a hard time understanding the word of God, then you, may, you may consider someone to teach you, to help you. You may join a Bible study group or a growth group so someone can help you, someone can mentor you, someone can disciple you. You may want to consider someone to help you. This is how we grow. This is how we nourish. We, we, we cannot nourish ourselves as babies, as newborns immediately. No, we cannot, we cannot get food, no? cook our own food, and buy food, and, and, and eat them all. No? Eat them all. We need someone to feed us. We need someone to prepare the meals for us. And so that's the idea. Those are the next steps. No? So you start reading the Word of God. You now start to pray. To God directly. No, before, we cannot no, because God will not accept our prayers. No, everything that we say, everything that we do are not pleasing before Him. But through the blood of Christ, through what Christ did on the cross, we can now go to the Father through Christ in the name of Jesus. So you can start praying individually in your room, on your own, no? not anymore reciting yung mga repetitive prayers, but you can, you can pour out your, your, your sentiments, your prayers, your, your praises. No? You can worship God directly on your own. Or you can, you can join a, a fellowship, no? a small group, again, to, to worship God, to, to pray together, to, to, to be prayed for, or then attend Sunday services. No, but I hope that you will not be contented with being fed every Sunday only. That throughout the week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, until Saturday, you have your own feeding. No, you have someone who, who will help you be fed. No, and so you grow. And as you learn more about the Word of God, no, you, you learn more about His will in your life, you start by faith obeying them. Applying the principles that you are learning from the Word of God. So the Bible says, ah, uh, I should wait for the right time. Or I should persevere during times of trials and challenges. So you, you, you fully depend on God on these things. And that's, that's, the, that's the design of God. He made us like sheep, so we'll always be dependent on Him. And so, slowly, you, you nurture, you nourish your relationship with Jesus. And then, by the power of the Holy Spirit, no, transforming you, changing you, you now start to desire to do things that are pleasing upon Him. Pleasing upon Him. And so, that's how we, we, we nourish and we nurture our relationship with Jesus. It will be hard at first. It will be difficult at first. Maybe also along the way, because a Christian life is not a life that is free from troubles. A life that is not, not, not immune to, to pains and hurts. But the promise of God is this. He will be with us throughout, no? throughout the age. And so let us nourish our relationship with Jesus. So the first R, real peace, comes from God. So it's through the, His power resurrecting Christ. If we believe that, that God resurrected Christ, he will also resurrect us. That's real peace. No, we know that our, our eternal destiny is already secured. Now, another picture of real peace is our relationship with Christ. Now, the third, real peace results to God being glorified forever. No, it, it has a result. 
It, 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 it has something na, 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 na tangible or, or something that we can see, something that we can hear, something that we can feel, something that we can experience because it results to God being glorified forever. As we look at the, the last uh, portion of that benediction, now the God of peace who brought up from the dead, the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of eternal covenant, even Jesus our Lord, equip you in every good thing to do His will, working in us which is pleasing in His sight through Jesus Christ to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. So the glory belongs to God. It can also belong to Christ. Uh, it also belongs to the Holy Spirit, the triune God. And so what does real well, what is this? What does this mean? We are to reflect. No reflection. It's a reflection of, of God in us. No? So well, whenever we 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 go out, we talk, no, we relate to people, we are to reflect God in us. You know, that's, that's looking at the, 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 the mirror. No? You look at yourself and also you reflect this to others. Now, not only to yourself, but also to others. So, real peace results to you reflecting God. No, and as you reflect God, you give glory to God, and others will also give glory to God. So, all of them will see, not you, but they will see God, they will see Christ living in you, being reflected in you. And so, that's the result of real peace. You have that real peace when you are reflecting God in our life. So let us reflect the glory of God. So how do we do this? We must first know who He is. How can we reflect someone that we don't know? We must know Him personally and then make Him known. Reflect Him in our lives. Reflect Him in our words. Maybe you are here today and you are fearful of something. You are fearful perhaps of death. You are fearful of the future. You are fearful of your children, what will happen to them. Or maybe like my, most of my patients when I talk to them, they are fearful of what will happen when they die. The Bible says we can have real peace. And this real peace comes from God. We will be resurrected according to the word of God, like Christ. So if you believe on that, hold on, stand on to that promise of God. And then real peace comes from a relationship with Christ. If you have a relationship with Christ, even if you are in, 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 a, in, a, in a boat no? with, with storms no? and, and trials around you, no? with Jesus in your vessel, you can smile at the storm. That's real peace. You can sleep throughout the storm. And then finally, it results in God being glorified. God being reflected in the stillness of your life, in your restedness. Inner peace is reflected as outer restedness. And that restedness is in Christ. It is in God. Shall we all bow down our heads as we close in prayer? Lord, we thank you Indeed, you are powerful, you are merciful, and you are loving, and you are gracious. That while we are sinners, you have given Jesus Christ to die for our sins. And it is by your grace that we are saved through faith. It is not of our own good works that we can boast of it, 
It is a free gift that you have given, not to just some people, not to just uh, some individuals, but you have given it for all. You have given Christ for all. You have given salvation and abundant life and eternal life. And you have given real peace to anyone who humbles themselves and acknowledges they need that in you through Christ. Let's all stand and as I remind all of us with, with Paul's benediction, with Paul's last words in the Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter 20, I mean in third, Hebrews 13 verse 20, our passage today. Let us be encouraged. Let us go out that we have Christ and now the God of peace who brought up from the dead the great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the eternal covenant, even Jesus our Lord. This is my prayer for you, brothers and sisters, and for me as well, that we will be equipped and Jesus will equip us in every good thing to do His will, working in us that which is pleasing in His sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. God bless us all.